0: Bienvenidos a todos. You are listening to the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community. My name is Joshua Smeza de León, and I want to thank you for downloading this episode. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are streamed, give this podcast a like and subscribe to it. It makes a world of difference. We started this podcast as a way to bring attention to the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here in Paseo Boricua in Chicago and around the world. From La Isla to the diaspora, we hope you enjoy what you hear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Paseo Podcast. It is a new chapter in the U.S. as you are listening to this as the inauguration of Joe Biden. And Kamala Harris just happened yesterday. I have some thoughts on the ceremony, but more on that later. We announced this last week, but in case you missed it, you can now watch our interviews on our new YouTube channel. Right now, we have our channel trailer, as well as interviews with wellness expert, Constanza Eliana Chinea, and alderwoman Rosana Rodriguez-Sanchez up there. Uh, And uh, this week's interview will be up on Monday. On our channel, we just upload the interview, so it is a more condensed version of our episodes, but just type in Paseo Podcast and and we'll pop up. And while you're there, like our videos and subscribe to our channel. Our current goal is to get to 100 subscribers, so help us out. And if you hate YouTube uh, but want to stay connected with the podcast, you can keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Paseo Podcast. You can also pitch us a story or volunteer with the podcast by reaching out to us on our website, paseomedia.org. If you want to give me a follow, you can also find me on Twitter at JSDeLeon. Our guest for this week's episode that we recorded over the break is the crew from Triad of the Force. It's a Star Wars podcast hosted by three Boricuas named Mariana Martinez, Gustavo Acosta, and Mo. We're going to talk about representation and the lack thereof in Star Wars, Puerto Rican actors that have played a part in various Star Wars properties, and the parallels the crew sees in the Star Wars universe compared to the realities Puerto Rico faces today. If you love all things Star Wars and want to take the deep dive into the universe, they are one of the few Boricua voices in the Star Wars sci-fi space, no pun intended. Ultimately, if you like Star Wars, just give them a listen. I know they'll appreciate it. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to touch on two bits of news. First off, did anyone see this New York Times piece on the ousted former governor of Puerto Rico, Ricardo Rosselló? It was a disappointing read for anyone familiar with his track record in Puerto Rico. But nonetheless, the PR campaign to make him feel more palatable to the public has begun. Isn't it funny how politicians care more about the things that impact their reputation rather than putting in the effort to take action to change policies negatively impacting the lives of the working class and working poor? Let's not forget this guy's texting scandal where he and his buddies, all men I might add, ridiculed women people in the LGBTQIA community, people that are overweight and political opponents. They dismissed their supporters as chumps, joked about the people who died after Hurricane Maria, which failures by his administration along with the Trump administration led to over 4,000 deaths of people in Puerto Rico. He also called former councilwoman and speaker of the New York City Council, Melissa Mark Vivierto, a whore. Joked about wishing the current mayor of San Juan at the time, Mayor Carmen Yulín Cruz, dead, among other misogynistic, hate-filled speech. And this isn't even touching on his horrible policy. Here are some quick facts. Under his administration, 400 schools closed, disenfranchising students throughout La Isla. Cuts to pensions were made, hurting working-class puertorriqueños. He privatized essential services, taking power out of the hands of the people and in the hands of greedy corporations. Last thing, his labor, quote unquote, reform also left hundreds of thousands of people without benefits. In this New York Times article, he really tries hard to put a bulk of the blame on everyone and everything else for his actions, as well as for the current state of Puerto Rico. Political anthropologist and Boricua Yarimar Bonilla put it best. In Puerto Rico, quote-unquote, every agency is a complete failure because of all the lackeys he appointed. Based on this article, you'd start to think uh, Ricardo Rosselló was living in a shack out in the woods somewhere, struggling to survive, based on his responses. But the man is living in a $1.2 million house outside of Washington. After reading this, We just have one piece of advice for you, Ricky. Took the words right out of my mouth. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it is a new chapter in the United States as Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th president, making history, becoming the oldest president ever to be sworn in. Fun fact, he is also the second Catholic ever to be sworn in as president. The first was John F. Kennedy, who coincidentally was also the youngest president ever elected at 43 years old. Even more historic was the swearing in of Kamala Harris as the first black, Asian, and female vice president. These aren't the only things that made her swearing in historic. She is also the first VP who attended an HBCU, the first aka SVP, and her and her husband are the first biracial VP couple, making him the first ever second gentleman. Lots of history was made yesterday, but we are really hoping history does not repeat itself and we revert to the old ways of policymaking that only helped a select few in our society and neglected the people in poverty and working-class people and families that are trying so hard to make ends meet and survive. We also want to quickly highlight a number of Puerto Rican connections in yesterday's ceremony. Since we were just talking about Kamala Harris, did you see the pearl necklace she was wearing? Well... Those were designed by a Boricua jeweler named Wilfredo Rosado. He's based in New York and was a protege of Andy Warhol, as well as the former fashion director of Armani. Ooh-wee. He has the credentials um, and that showed because the necklace was was nice. And I'm not even a, a jewelry uh, but um, I was digging it. Uh, Anyway, in this Vogue article, he uh, talked about making the necklace uh, for Kamala Harris. Uh, Rosado said, I wanted to represent who Kamala is to Americans, to women, to people of color, to the world. I've admired her for a long time and love her strength, her fierceness, Realness. In addition to that Boricua connection, I spotted three Boricuas throughout the ceremony. Rosario Dawson was present with her boo, Senator Cory Booker. We also had two Boricua women from the Bronx who took part in the inauguration. Sonia Sotomayor, the first ever Latinx member and Puerto Rican Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, swore in the Vice President, and Jennifer Lopez was on hand to sing her rendition of This Land is My Land. It was what you expect from a J-Lo performance. And in my opinion, uh, I think she did a much better job than Lady Gaga did. There, I said it. Let it sink in. And let me know if you agree, at Baseo Podcast on, uh, on social media. I uh, would love to hear what you think. Because honestly, again, I think JLo did a better job than Lady Gaga. Okay, here's the part, um, in case you missed it if you watched jlo's performance there was a peak where she added in some spanish and of course threw in a let's get loud let's listen to that in case you missed it <laughs>
1: Was made for you and me.
0: Now, I don't know why J-Lo threw in a Let's Get Loud there, but it's JLo, so I guess it's obligatory that she has to throw it in there. Uh, nevertheless, the Spanish and the Let's Get Loud, uh, one, uh, a great way to represent the culture, and the other... Got to get those Spotify streams up. Okay, that's everything for this week's episode. It's been a long week, so I'm keeping things short. Uh, Let's jump into our interview with the Boricua hosts of the Star Wars podcast, Triad of the Force. Bienvenidos a todos. You are listening to the Paseo Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 30th, but really that doesn't matter because it's a podcast. You're listening to this whenever, wherever you are. Ultimately, we're just happy of all the things you could be doing. You're listening to us. So thank you so much for downloading this episode because we have three special Boricuas on the show today. Uh, one of our first guests, I think, that also host a podcast of their own. We have Gustavo Acosta. We have Mo. Greetings, Mariana Martinez. Hi. And they are the hosts of Triad of the Force. It's a podcast that mainly focuses on Star Wars, but they cover a wide range of geekdom. Um, so very much close to my heart. I love the Star Wars franchise. Um, I'm probably not as much of a, a student of the Force or an <laughs> academic of the universe as you three are. Um, but for for people listening to this episode, what should they know about you three? Um, Mariana, let's start with you.
2: I love Star Wars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good start. Am, good start. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I am I'm unemployed currently because of COVID. So, you know, <laughs> we had some time on our hands and then decided to just do this on our own. Um, I think we're halfway succeeding. Uh, So whoever's out there that hasn't checked this out, please do so. I think we have a lot of fun when we talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) And um, no, we've been friends for years.
0: Gustavo, let's go to you next. What should our audience know about you?
3: I am obviously, as you mentioned, a Puerto Rican. I currently work as an architect in Chicago and, you know, just trying to survive 2020 and beyond.
0: Okay, Mo, what should our audience know about you? Uh... Hello everybody. Uh, I'm Mo. I am um, I also
1: grew up with Star Wars, has been part of who I've been on many stages. And I think part of this is just opening up, sharing our own experiences on life and how Star Wars influenced it. So that's why we're here. That's at least on my part, that's why. I want to share that through the story and the power of like the Star Wars myth, we can identify and learn so much.
0: I know all three of you are in paradise right now. You're on Laila. Um, <laughs> I am so jealous yeah. of you three. <laughs> But as we were starting to record, you had mentioned that the internet connection isn't the best on Laila. So, uh, yeah. people listening, we gotta give we gotta give our friends on the podcast today some grace because you think Comcast is bad here in Chicago, like. It's a struggle and it's a challenge. Puerto Rico doesn't necessarily have all the resources that we do on the mainland in the States. So it's another example of just the disparity that exists between that relationship. Um, I don't want to get too political here, but I do want to talk about the parallels between maybe some storylines in the Star Wars universe and the reality Puerto Rico faces. Um, But before I get ahead of myself, I do want to back up a little bit. I mentioned you three are all in Puerto Rico. Y'all three met on Laila? Or did you like, how did you all three meet?
3: Mo and I, we went to we went to high school together, uh-huh. and then uh, Nanny's husband, uh, husbando as we like to call him on the show, he <laughs> went to elementary school with me. But I didn't meet Nanny through her husband. I met her through my other best friend, who whom also went to high school with us.
0: Break it down for yeah. us. So wh- your podcast comes out weekly, right?
3: Yes. Yes. We
2: were doing bi-weekly during Mando because we were doing a review section of Mandalorian that we released on Mondays. But usually our regular schedules are on Wednesdays.
0: I feel like there is so much positivity in the universe. um, And yet, yeah, you see like online conversations and people just go so hard if they don't like something. And I understand like if you if it's a beloved franchise and, you know, you you care so deeply about it. But like I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't know if this is a hot take. But like the Last Jedi, I really like that. I really like that movie. If y'all disagree, that's totally fine. Totally fine. No,
3: no we, we are we are huge probably, fans. Huge fans. Oh, huge fans. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yep. It's just weird that that. I feel like depending on who you ask, it almost feels like a 50-50 split. If people like that. But I'm like, yes. Let's do yeah. like let's do mm-hmm. things that aren't in the same mold of previous trilogies like let's start thinking outside the box bringing in other characters from mm-hmm. you know other um other like corners of the universe or even just like focusing on the imperfections of humanity like i loved seeing luke skywalker just like this old man on this island kind of like get off mm-hmm. my lawn you know type of thing yeah um, yep. but like there's other people that just despise that movie yeah no, and they
2: were very loud about it, too.
0: Yeah. And That's then, the
3: problem. I think, I mean, obviously, I don't have the scientific numbers yeah. to back this up. Uh, but I am absolutely convinced that it's a very vocal minority. Because uh, when we went to a Star Wars celebration in Chicago, uh, Mo and I went there. and he sadly couldn't come with us. Uh, at least he'll join us in Anaheim. Uh, but uh, the positivity that was in that convention hall, and we were talking about thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And this was right after that, you know, right after last Jedi was like overwhelming, you know, it, like mm-hmm. you didn't really see that negativity, that, that alleged negativity, right. That that movie yeah. produced. And it kind of ties into what you were saying that some people just feed, feed off of that negativity. And just instead of taking the positives and ignoring the negative, not ignoring, but you know, not being so adamant, I'm spreading uh, toxicity through that negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Oh, it's a it's yeah. very complicated.
0: The, the do, do y'all ever discourse? D- yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a tightrope. Um, it mm-hmm. feels like sometimes. I did want to ask y'all in your in your knowledge of the Star Wars universe. Um, besides Boricuas like Rosario Dawson, Jimmy Smiths, um, are you aware of any other Puerto Ricans that have played Star Wars characters in in the movies and the TV shows? Because those are the only two I can think of right now.
3: Uh, well, the last Jedi had Benicio del Toro. He was a yeah. limited limited uh, yeah. appearance, but still substantial in
2: terms That's of quality.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally forgot. In Mandalorian, we actually had uh, Ismael Cruz Cordova. Uh, he's also Puerto Rican. He was a uh, kin or queen. I don't know how to, uh, I how to pronounce the name. Uh, he was from the first season, one of the purple tweet legs from The Prisoner episode in the clone wars we had elizabeth rodriguez who was one of the sisters in season seven uh, and now in the upcoming cassian andor show we're gonna have adria arjona uh, she's half puerto rican and half guatemalan she's Ricardo arjona's daughter um, <clears throat> wow. well lynn manuel did a cameo in Rise yeah. of skywalker That's yeah. a blink, and, blink of your missus cameo and then Freddie Prince Jr. He was a uh, and Jairus in Rebels. You're killing think, it right now, that's... Gustavo.
0: Like this is like this is like five was, more than I thought list. existed. Okay, keep going. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is great.
3: I think I think that's it for Puerto Ricans.
0: Chacho, that, that was I'm impressive. That was impressive. <laughs> I did, I totally forgot about Lynn. I forgot about Freddie. I mean, I didn't even hear about Ismael. Like, this is like fantastic. I gotta, I'm gonna listen back and look all these people up now. Um, <laughs> I legit thought it was. Like, I I forgot about uh, Del Toro. Um, my God, that is a lot of Puerto Ricans. Again, I just thought it was two. Yes. I thought we were not represented. I mean, comparatively, we're not really represented yeah. equally. But we're
3: um, we're we're doing better than 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 most other other minorities. I yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's a, that's a great segue. Um, looking back at the original trilogy, looking back at the prequel trilogies, I think one thing most people I would hope could agree on, agree on is that there is a serious lack in diversity. Um, and it's very much trends to a majority, if not fully, all white cast. Um, and that's not even that's not even touching on the people behind the camera that do all the movie magic behind the scenes. So we're seeing black, we're seeing more black characters, more Asian characters, more Latina characters. Just curious on what your thoughts are. uh, You know, what are your thoughts on the state of representation or the lack thereof in the star Wars franchise? Yes.
3: I I think the conversation is twofold. It's one, the in-screen representation of, you know, real world minorities in the, films and tv shows but there's also how you code uh, certain things in the show for example like alien species and whatnot because obviously mm-hmm. alien species are stand-ins for real world uh, groups of people and cultures and how those types of people are represented also reflect the representation of minorities in some abstract way uh, so in that department mandalorian has been kind of in a in a in a roller coaster because done really good job at it and then
1: Terrible job at it. Oh, you're going to say, Mo? Uh, I was going to say, along the lines of that, that Star Wars opens up the idea of diversity and space. There are actually different species, different races, different, and, and uh, to feel identified. From that perspective, like to me, like at least from the you know, or you know, trilogy, like I couldn't identify with any of the white people there. I, I just identified with Chewbacca, which is like <laughs> this tall alien that's all hairy. Like you can't even see their, because it's 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 what I think that's the the beauty of having that diversity in making sure that it's not only of like just showing a face, oh, you just have a diversity quote. That's about giving them that backstory, giving them the actual potential to build up their characters just as the comparative uh, white uh, Actors get the in their in their own roles, and when it comes to animation, it's it's even better. Like you can you you've seen action in Star Wars, like more characters that more actors that are diverse, especially in Rebels. You have a lot like the main cast is they're all diverse and Resistance and other animated series. I think the main cast they're all diverse there's a lot of like there's Asian. so we actually benefit from diversity and that's what should be fomented. but mm-hmm. it, it lacked you know it's still it's, it's up and down like goose says uh, at times they make a good effort to make sure that whoever is diverse they're having that backstory, but then they're just used as a plot device mm-hmm. because they need the the bad guy but what. So let's see how it evolves.
0: Mariana, what about you?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, for the original trilogy, which is probably the worst one at showing diversity, I didn't really notice it at the time because when I first saw them, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then even as I grew up, it I kind of just was already in love with them. So I didn't mm-hmm. see it as much as I should have probably. And then that kind of extended to all of Star Wars. So I think I'm way more open-minded about it than a lot of people, but... Uh, I think that they have been trying to make an effort at getting it better. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they fail, like we said. In a couple episodes of Mandalorian, they did an excellent job. And then in other ones, they kind of dropped the ball completely or Mm -hmm. forgot that they were trying to do this. Um, I think that the animated series, The Clone Wars, was really good at it. And especially in that uh, part that who said about the actual alien species as well, because you actually get treatments of like their specific planets and how their liberties are treated and, mm-hmm. and all these kind of like political themes that go around like these races, which, you know, could symbolize, you know, minorities. So I think the animated series is probably the one that succeeds the most at showing diversity, but we'll see what happens now with all the new content that's getting thrown out. I mean,
0: Likewise, like y'all I'm looking forward to seeing what comes. Um, I was really um Was really happy to see some of the changes they were making in Mandalorian, even as like he was, even as Mando was growing out his team, like it was, it was looking like a pretty diverse squad. Um, But Mm -hmm. hopefully, yeah, it's not the end and we get a little snowball effect here and we get more representation Um, Mm -hmm. and more Boricuas too. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, pero no se muevan, porque when we come back, we're going to ask the triad of the force crew what parallels they see in the Star Wars universe compared to the real world realities that Puerto Rico faces today and their thoughts on the statehood referendum from the Puerto Rico election this past November. Stay with us. We want to take this moment to say thank you again for listening. When you download our podcast or subscribe to the podcast itself, that makes a world of difference. So gracias for taking your time to listen to us. We also wanna take this time to thank the sponsor of today's episode. This episode would not be possible without the generous support of the Puerto Rican Cultural Center. The Puerto Rican Cultural Center, located at 2546 West Division Street, right here in Chicago, is a community-based grassroots educational health and cultural services organization founded on the principles of self-determination self-actualization and self-sufficiency that is all activist oriented for more information on the work they do give them a visit at their website at prcc-chgo.org again that's prcc-chgo.org now if you or anyone else you know would like to be a sponsor of the paseo podcast please email us at baseopod at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-E-O-P-O-D at gmail.com. Tell them Joshua from Humble Park sent you. Comparing Star Wars uh, and, and the real world right now, do you see... Um, Do you see any parallels in any of the relationships in Star Wars or any of the storylines in the Star Wars universe um, that you can compare to the experience of Puerto Rico? Um, Of course, I think an obvious one is, well, for me, I'm a little biased, but the evil empire versus the rebellion (laughs) or the resistance. (laughs) Um, But are there any parallels that you see in the Star Wars universe to what Puerto Rico um, is experiencing today or has experienced? You have a government, a federal, you start with
1: federation or like a group of a democracy that eventually has different planets, you can, they're, they're different like colonies and Puerto Rico status with the US, it's very complicated, it's very, can be described as that, a colonial aspect, even though we're considered citizens, do we get the same benefits? And this mm-hmm. alien aliens from different galaxies were like, well, just because we're from the same part of the same government, oh, we, but you're in the outer skirts, you are in the outer rims, you're, you're not important. So you don't get the same treatment, even though we mm-hmm. still consider you part of the same whole concept. So you can draw a bunch of parallels from Star Wars into the US Puerto Rico relationships.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we were we were in Naboo in episode one in the United States is the Trade Federation. <laughs> you know, blockade. Uh, you, said it, I jo- you just said the it. just said it. The
0: Jones Act. The Jones Act right there. <laughs> the Jones Act. Yeah. Yeah. You got yep. the you just meant that the, there's your parallel right there. Um yep. yeah. No, I, I I hear what you're saying, Mo. I think you're right. I think there are a lot of parallels there. I think looking at the something like the expansion of the the empire, thinking we know what's right, you don't. Here's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. But then you see this wealth disparity. You see these the equity disparity, social services. It's just very tyrannical. Um, very much like, you know, we're going to make the decisions and you're going to like it whether you agree with it or, or, or not. I
2: actually really liked what Mo said, that it, you we are really comparable to like if we would be in the outer rim.
0: Mm-hmm. Just kind
2: of like, mm-hmm. you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I- <laughs> just kind of like out that, there uh,
2: yeah just kind of out there and you know deal and if something bad happens Trump will come down and throw toilet paper at us you know
0: yeah awesome
2: right that- <laughs> so, yeah
0: <laughs> I think there are a lot of parallels I start to think of like that prequel trilogy where you had a lot of it was very reflective of the Bush administration at that time where it was a lot of leaning into like fear-mongering and we need to like not be as trusting of those around us and we have Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're maintaining control and what's the best way to kind of uh, consolidate power that way um, we can exercise it more forcefully and looking at um, looking at even like something like the Puerto Rico the recent Puerto Rico elections like a lot of times I feel like there is a lot of fear mongering um and and what could be if we're not if puerto rico is not in a relationship with the united states and even looking like at a political party like the pnp where it's like oh my gosh if we're not states or don't have a connection to the united states like you're saying in the outer rim la is just gonna (laughs) float into the ocean and never be seen again watch out um So now, yeah, so now seeing, (laughs) right, so now seeing, um, you know, thinking of like the rebellion and the resistance and how people then start coming together and you start to see coalition building, um, looking at this last election in Puerto Rico where you had other political parties popping up and like getting double digit percentage of the votes. Like just looking at the shifting patterns of what people are looking at as the best pass best path forward for Puerto Rico is really interesting and actually like coalescing around different, different figures. (laughs) Um, I, I also like I, when I think about the parallels, I also start to think about how, um, you know, what is it, what is it in the star Wars universe that you had the evil empire, then you had the rebellion rebellion wins. We're off to a new era, um, of government. And then somehow within the decade or two, they're almost back in the same situation mm-hmm. with the first order. And now you have the resistance. So, and then I start thinking, well, <laughs> here in the United States, we had this situation where we went, um, we had Bush. Then we went to uh, Obama. Everybody thought we had Obama. This is great. We're like on to a new chapter of leadership. Then we get something like promessa. Okay. Now we're in the same spot that we're in now. Now we're in like resistance mode. And then you have then you have someone like Donald Trump that comes in, and now we don't have any financial aid. So I start to think of like, okay, what in the Star Wars universe, what happened with the level of trust and organization and coalition building that led to the recent trilogy where now we're kind of in that same pattern of our backs are against the wall, we're fighting back against oppression. You know, looking at the relationship between the United States and Puerto Rico, you know, there's, that involves a lot of trust, and sometimes the players that are in the room where it happens don't have the best interests of the people in mind. So I I start thinking, okay, where was the Mm -hmm. trust broken down in this relationship to, to a point where it feels like when you're taking two steps forward, you're taking one step back. Um, And what does that mean for the future of of Laila? What does that mean for the future of the resistance in Star Wars? Do they have to rethink what their relationship is between one another and how they exist in the universe? And what's the best path path forward for the people they represent? Is it time for Puerto Rico to reassess with with, what that relationship to the United States really means? And it's time to coalition build on the ILA for true self-determination of its people. I was actually
2: watching, because I haven't actually finished watching the entire Clone Wars. I only started watching the Clone Wars animated Mm -hmm. because of the podcast. So, um, and my husband is like a huge fan of the Clone Wars, so I have, we watch it together. And then we, because we love talking about it, we'll pause like in the middle of episodes and just have this like inner discussion between ourselves Mm -hmm. and- And one of the things we were talking about recently, because we were at the, um, the the Mandalore, uh, I'm not going to spoil things, but, um, but we were thinking about how after, you know, the they finally defeat the empire and then they just go back to a new Republic again. And Mm -hmm. that system had already failed massively. Like the Republic Mm. failed. It's, the corruption that was in it was the reason that Palpatine was able to rise to power. Mm. And then after finally defeating the empire, they decide to go back to the same model of government that had already failed. Like, did nobody there say, like, I have a new idea for like a new form of government like, mm. or, or who knows, you know, what went into the decision to just go back to a republic. Right. But it, it's kind of insane. You knew it already didn't work. So why are you trying to do the same thing over and over mm. and expecting mm. a new result?
1: Which is the story of the Puricans? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Last fifty we've, years, we've, yeah.
1: We, we, we got yeah. we went from one empire to another empire. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think you hit a like a really good point. Like just as those each planet has to reassess their relationship, because why why are they part of the system? Was it because of mutual interest or was it because of the empires or the republic's interest in their, in that place? Is, is it's is it our relationship is solely based on the U.S.'s interest, strategic interest in Puerto Rico. Like, that's the history of it. That's There's no denying that. There are, there are legal cases from the Supreme Court pretty much saying we're just possessions of the states were not even like legitimately thing. And then how can you go from that? How do you build that trust when there was no trust in the beginning? So I think it's just something that Star Wars and, and the Clone Wars explores in certain aspects. Especially with like the planets that are like, well, should I join the separatists, or should I join the, the republic, or should I just stay remain neutral? neutral? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because there's there's so much going on. There's and 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 they're all just as they're all morally they can all be morally correct they can all be morally corrupt and that's what star wars kind of shows that you have even though whatever whichever side you choose you have to actually give it give it some thought give it go in with the compassion instead of the dark side kind of like that Hmm.
0: did y'all have any thoughts on the statehood referendum how did y'all feel about that i know that's a big question
3: I mean, I obviously uh, I couldn't vote in tab. it since I live in Chicago, but it's a sham. Uh, it's, yeah. it's structured. It, it was structured to have the result it did. And it was also a waste of taxpayer money because as long as there's no uh, resolution in Congress that binds them to the results yeah. of self-determination. I mean, how many of these referendums have we had? It's a waste of right. time. In suppose. the past
0: few years? Yeah, at every time. Can. I think it's like yeah. four, four or five. Yeah, and every time right, they do right. it, it's
2: a lot of money that they spend. Right. for Or something yeah. that, that the decision doesn't really matter until you know Congress right. decides anything. So I think it's ridiculous that they keep doing them, honestly. It, yeah.
1: It's it's just BS political parade, charades. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it.
3: It's a it's not a coincidence that they always happen on election time because it's yeah. that fear mongering you were yeah. mentioning before. It's yeah. like, oh well, see if we you don't choose statehood and you don't choose us. Uh, The island's gonna be destroyed. But like, frankly, I coming every time I come back here, things like look worse. Political parties aren't improving. Aren't improving things. So
1: it hits like it it always bogged me why political parties were based on the status. Mm -hmm. It's not even based on you know a spectrum of what you believe. Like you're leading left on certain things or policies. Like you. Like, how can you even make right decisions when, in your own party, you have the whole like spectrum mm, of like, oh, idea, my policy, it's like left or right, but oh, I have to be in this party because I believe in certain X or Y status. Mm-hmm. Then it has never made any sense. Yeah, that's I right. think
3: that was a big positive from this election. That was the, that I took a big takeaway from is that at least the minority parties like. Uh, Lugaro and, and Dalmao, even though they're both uh, pro-independence people, they their rhetoric wasn't
2: about in the favor status of only. Talking yeah. about mm-hmm. status,
3: it was mm-hmm. they tried to focus on the policy, which I thought was a brush of fresh air, like yeah. Mo was mentioning, because it's always like that fear mongering of like, oh mm-hmm. the, the statehood or independence. And it's some, always an interesting thing, at least personally with me, mm-hmm. with this statehood people, fear mongering with independence, like oh. You choose the independence party, we're going to be a, a banana republic. But it's like, how many decades like tomorrow. Choosing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. how many decades have we been choosing the statehood party? We're still not a state. And we're looking worse than some actual banana republics.
0: Again, I, a common theme, I think, here in our conversation is just we're hopeful for, we're, we're hoping for a new hope, a new hope for Puerto Rico. <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. we need. I mean, if people want to learn more about your podcast, your t-shirt, I know you have like a merch store, right? You have like a yeah. couple shirts up right now. Yeah, yeah. How do people find this husbando shirt, and how do people keep up with your podcast?
3: Uh, at least for the for the for the merch, uh, we, we try to be we try to be uh, pretty neutral with the merch, so we don't have uh, many stuff like with the logos on it. So, mm-hmm. like, if you like our designs but don't like our podcast necessarily, you can still <laughs> find some stuff there. <laughs> if you do like the podcast, there's some stuff with our logos. Uh, but uh, our merch is, is on T Public. So you just go to tpublic.com and then keyword search pride right of the force. You'll, you'll find us and see all the stuff we have there. We have, uh, I don't know, I think around 30-something designs. And you know we just wow. keep adding more as we get inspired.
0: That's great, y'all. I remember when I we follow each other on Twitter, and I remember y'all opened that merch store, mm-hmm. and I just saw the, the, the two designs. So you have 30 now. That's fantastic.
3: Some of the ones that we try to like, Keep putting out our you know translated things from the star wars universe so like the shirt moe's wearing for example mm-hmm. instead of like saying the you know traditional teachers that might just say a long time ago in a galaxy far far away we just have the we're gonna add a couple of spanglish versions there for like all the you know our yeah since a lot of puerto ricans you know we speak in spanglish so we're gonna have those versions up soon uh, but it's like focusing on that representation aspect and you know have a actors or producers, directors that are you know Latin American and showcase them there.
0: Yeah, no, I, well, I love the shirt Mo's wearing. People listening can't really see it, but it's a good excuse to go on Public and check it out um, right up my alley. I, I love the creativity. We are at the end of the show. You've been so generous with your time. How can people keep up with each of you? How can they keep up with the podcast? Give us all the things.
3: You can find us on Twitter at Triad of the Force. Uh, we are also on YouTube. We do not yet have enough subscribers to have our own uh, personalized link, but uh, once we hit 100, we'll be able to get that. So please like and subscribe our videos. But you can find us obviously on YouTube. Try it up the force. We just opened an Instagram that has no content in it. Uh, also at Try it up the force, if you wanna just follow, and eventually there might be one or two uh, images there. Uh, but yeah, those are those are where those are the locations of our. Of our podcast and obviously our podcast is in all major platforms apple spotify uh, google Podcasts, etc you do, if you can't find it just let us know let's see we'll see what's up
0: right on okay mo gustavo acosta mariana martinez the hosts of triad of the force it's a podcast about star wars and other whimsies really appreciate you three being on uh thank you for being with me today
3: no worries thank well, you thank you for,
0: thank you for having <laughs> us
2: May the force
0: be with you. May the the force be with you and also with you. (laughs) Thanks to Mariana Martinez, Gustavo Acosta, and Mo from the Triad of the Force podcast for being on the show today. Next week, we're going to have the founder of the media outlet, Latino Rebels, and co-host of the podcast, In the Thick, Julio Ricardo Varela, on the show as a reminder, you can watch our interview with the Triad of the Force crew on our YouTube channel this Monday. Just type in "Basil Podcast and we'll pop right up. Also, if you want to pitch a story idea, nominate yourself or someone else for an interview or share a news story you'd like us to discuss in the show, visit our website, basilmedia.org, to do just that. See you next week. Without our awesome guests, this podcast would not be possible. And without you, our listeners this would not be possible, so we really appreciate you listening. If you want to reach out to the show, connect with us by visiting our website, baseomedia.org, emailing us at at baseopodcast.gmail.com, and following us at BaseoPodcast Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a tip, want to pitch a story, or send us a compliment, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for downloading this episode, and see you next week. Cuídate.